everyone, and thank you for tuning in today to the latest episode in our podcast series. My name is Helen Bignall. I'm an of counsel in the Competition Regulation and Trade team in London, and I'm joined by my colleague, Clemence. Hello, everyone. I'm Clemence Barrault, a senior associate in the CRT team in London as well. Today, we're looking forward to sharing with you some insights around sustainability, particularly in the context of competition law and the consumer sector. Many consumer sector companies are focusing more than ever on sustainable developments. Sustainability is also a key area of interest for the UK Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA. The CMA is becoming increasingly alert to the potential tensions between sustainability-related cooperation and initiatives, competition law, and consumer protection law. Over the past year, and until very recently, the CMA has made important strides towards resolving these tensions. Helen will start talking about sustainability in the context of competition law with the latest developments in the UK. And I then turn to sustainability in the context of the consumer sector, also covering hot topics in the UK. Thanks, Clemence. Okay, so starting with competition law, it's important to remember that competition law applies to all parameters of competition. It's not limited to agreements on pricing. Businesses do compete on their sustainability initiatives. While it's often legitimate for competitors to get together to pursue sustainability objectives, and businesses are encouraged to do so, in certain circumstances, sustainability agreements can be caught by the prohibition on anti-competitive agreements. That's interesting. So what do you need to think about before engaging with competitors on sustainability? Well, there is now the draft CMA guidance to help the competition law assessment of such agreements. It was published on the 28th of February this year and was under consultation until the 11th of April. The draft guidance identifies three categories of sustainability-related agreements. Firstly, it identifies agreements which the CMA is unlikely to find problematic. For example, agreements relating to the creation of industry standards or agreements relating to the phasing out and withdrawal of non-sustainable products or processes, as well as agreements relating to industry-wide efforts to tackle climate change. Secondly, the draft guidance also refers to sustainability agreements which could be anti-competitive. For example, an agreement between competitors on the price at which they will sell products meeting an agreed environmental sustainability standard is likely to restrict competition by object. The prohibition would also apply to sustainability agreements which may lead to various types of restrictive effects such as increased prices, reduced output and reduced product quality or innovation. Finally, the CMA's draft guidance sets out the conditions of sustainability agreements, which, despite restricting competition, can be exempted from the prohibition on the basis that the benefits they generate outweigh the harm to competition. While these are the usual conditions that apply to all competition agreements, the draft guidance sets out how the parties should demonstrate that these conditions are met in the context of a sustainability agreement. It's worth noting that the condition relating to demonstrating that a fair share of the benefit is being passed on to consumers is usually interpreted as relating to the consumers of the product or services to which the agreement relates, which means consumers in the relevant market. However, the CMA proposes a more permissive approach for climate change agreements by taking into account the totality of the benefits to all UK consumers beyond the market the agreement specifically refers to. That's really helpful. So why this guidance is not final yet, I can see that it is a good reminder that if you're considering speaking to your competitors about achieving sustainability objectives, for example, in the context of a trade association, 
it's worth considering computational implications carefully and seeking legal advice if in doubt. Exactly. Moreover, in its draft guidance, the CMA invites parties to approach the CMA for informal advice when they are considering entering into an environmental sustainability agreement in what it calls an open door policy, which could be really helpful for businesses. The CMA would typically expect to be approached by businesses at an early stage in the development of their initiative, having first conducted an initial self-assessment of their agreement, following the principles set out in the draft guidance. In response, the CMA may provide comfort that the proposed initiative does not raise competition concerns or agree adjustments with the parties. The draft guidance indicates that the CMA will not issue fines against parties that implement an agreement, which was discussed with the CMA in advance, and where the CMA did not raise any competition concerns, or where any concerns that were raised by the CMA have been addressed. However, this is on condition that the parties did not withhold relevant information from the CMA, which would have made a material difference to its assessment. In order to share its guidance with others, the CMA also intends to publish a summary of initiatives with an assessment of risks and solutions. Finally, it's worth remembering that although the CMA's draft guidance relates to agreements or initiatives between actual and potential competitors, Sustainability may also be relevant to a company's relationships with distributors and suppliers. While it may be legitimate to impose sustainability requirements on new customers or distributors, it's important to ensure that these requirements do not go too far in restricting these counterparties' independence. For example, imposing obligations on distributors' pricing at the downstream level could raise competition concerns, even if it's underpinned by sustainability objectives. Helen, Are you aware of sustainability-led initiatives outside of the UK? That's a really good question. The UK is not alone in its sustainability-led initiative. It follows a string of developments at EU level and in EU member states. I'm not going to go into too much detail on this because it's more EU-specific and we'll cover it in a future podcast, but I'll give you a sense of the changes. On the 1st of June 2023, the European Commission adopted the revised horizontal block exemption regulations and accompanying horizontal guidelines. These will come into force on the 1st of July 2023. A new chapter of the guidelines sets out the framework to assess agreements between competitors that pursue sustainability objectives. They introduce a soft, safe harbour for agreements that pursue a genuine sustainability objective, provided they meet six cumulative conditions, including procedural transparency, voluntary participation, and freedom to adopt higher standards. There are a couple of interesting points to note in the guidelines, which recognise that the benefits from the sustainability cooperation do not need to materialise immediately in order to benefit from the exemption. Also, like the CMA, businesses seeking to enter into a sustainability agreement can also request informal guidance from the Commission to ensure compliance with EU competition rules. That's interesting. And it's also worth noting that other competition regulators, such as in the Netherlands, Austria and Germany, have also considered sustainability as a priority. So, for example, the Dutch Authority for Consumers and Markets published draft guidelines on sustainability agreements, and it has already applied these to the assessment of several agreements. Following the European Commission's adoption of the horizontal guidelines, which we've just discussed, the Dutch Authority said it would bring its own guidelines in line with the EU ones. In Germany, the Competition Authority considered two sector initiatives this year relating to sustainable cocoa and animal welfare as part of its aim to provide guidance on how to ensure that sustainability strategies are embedded in competition law. Helen, 
has the CMA engaged with sustainability in the competition context in other notable ways? Had I read something about an initiative related to electric vehicles? Do you know anything about this? Yes, actually, that's a really good example. As part of its commitment on climate change, the CMA launched a market study into the electric vehicle charging sector in the UK in December 2020. The CMA sought to build trust in the electric vehicle charging system and address any competition issues ahead of the ban on new petrol and diesel vehicles from 2030. It ultimately found concerns around the choice and availability of charge points at motorway service stations, the slow pace at which local authorities were rolling out on-street charging, and the insufficiency of charge points in rural areas. The CMA also flagged that the unreliability of charge points and the difficulties in comparing prices and paying for charging could lead to reduced confidence and trust in the system. As a result, the CMA concluded its study by recommending a range of measures to ensure that a national network of electric vehicle charge points is in place before the 2030 ban. This includes four principles to make electric charging as simple as filling up with petrol or diesel, and measures to unlock investments, particularly in rural areas. On the back of the market study, the CMA launched an antitrust investigation into long-term exclusive arrangements between a charge point provider and three motorway service operators. It was concerned that the provider supplied 80% of all charge points at motorway service stations, and its long-term exclusive arrangements covered about two-thirds of motorway service stations. The CMA did not decide whether that competition law was actually breached, but accepted commitments from the parties which addressed its competition concerns by significantly limiting the enforceability of the agreement's exclusivity terms. Clement, it would be interesting now to hear about sustainability in the consumer law context. Can you share with us what's happening in this area? Sure. So the CMA is looking at sustainability through its consumer powers and is currently scrutinising the green claims businesses make. The CMA's Green Claims Code helps businesses understand and comply with their existing obligations under consumer protection law when making environmental claims. After an initial bedding down period of the code, the CMA has now started a series of investigations into greenwashing. First, in July 2022, the CMA opened an investigation into three fashion brands due to concerns of the way the brands market products to consumers as being eco-friendly. This year, on the 26th of January, the CMA announced its next investigation into green claims. The CMA is now looking at the accuracy of green claims made by businesses, both online and in stores, about a wide range of products known as fast-moving consumer goods, for example, food and toiletries. Concerning practices could include the use of vague and broad eco-statements, for example, packaging or marketing a product as sustainable or being better for the environment, with no supporting evidence. Misleading claims about the use of recycled or natural materials in a product and how recyclable it is may also be of concern. Breach of the code would be enforced as an infringement of unfair trading practices under the 2008 regulations. There was speculation that greenwashing would be added as a separate offense in the Digital Markets Competition and Consumer Bill, but this has not happened. However, it is interesting that under the proposed legislation, the Secretary of State has new power to add offences to the list of ban unfair commercial practices. We'll have to see whether this happens in due course. Thanks, Clemence. It's also interesting to note that in addition to green claims, the CMA is using its consumer law powers to look into broader areas of interest in the consumer sector. 
For example, on the 31st of January this year, the CMA announced that it's revisiting unit pricing practices online and in store in the grocery sector. Unit pricing is a labelling system for displaying the cost of different products by reference to standard units of weight or volume intended to assist customers in comparing the relative costs of different products regardless of their package size. This review follows the 2015 Groceries Super Complaint, whereby the CMA was concerned with how complex and inconsistent unit pricing practices may prevent people from comparing like-for-like products to identify the best value deal. The CMA's project will consider if the unit pricing issues identified during the 2015 Super Complaint persist, as well as compliance with the law by retailers and consumer awareness and use of unit pricing information. It's worth noting that the CMA does not currently have the same enforcement powers for breaches of competition law and consumer law. If the CMA found these companies to be in breach of UK consumer law, the CMA wouldn't have the power to directly impose a fine on these businesses. It may, however, secure undertakings from these companies to change the way they operate, or it could apply for an enforcement order from a civil court. However, once the Digital Markets Competition and Consumer Bill is adopted, the CMA will have direct enforcement powers and be able to impose fines of up to 10% of worldwide turnover and companies found to have infringed consumer protection law. This bill was published on the 25th of April 2023, and it is currently going through the legislative process in Parliament. Thanks. That's really helpful context, Clemence. Well, I think that concludes our discussion of sustainability-related developments in the consumer sector, and we hope this has been useful. We'll be keeping close tabs on these developments as they evolve, so do look out for further podcasts on this topic. If you have any questions or want further information, please do not hesitate to contact either one of us or your usual HSF competition contact. In the meantime, you can find our regular competition updates, including those in the consumer sector, on our competition notes blog, And you can listen to other podcasts on the consumer sector on our Talking Shop platform.